Welcome. You're listening to Sanseet. Where you'll find everything to do with spirituality, life lessons, holistic living, and medicine. To become your true self. We all have stories, journeys, experiences, and love. Here's your host, Erin O'Dowd. Hello and welcome on today's show of Sanseet. Our guest is Jenny Johnson. She's a Reiki therapist, an innate healer, and a psychic. Hello, welcome to the show, Jenny. How are you doing today? Hello, Erin. I'm doing wonderful today. I hope you are as well. I sure am. Tell us about how you got introduced into energy and Reiki. Well, I have been, since I was a young child, I have been very intuitive and uh, seen energies in people and in the world. And my first Reiki training was in 2005 in Sedona, Arizona, in the United States. And I had heard about Reiki all my life. And the very first time that I ever did energy work, I didn't really know what I was doing. It seemed to come from a knowledge within me. I was at a friend's home in Florida, and she was doing a Reiki session on a friend of hers, and I was observing them, and I just jumped up and put my hands over the person and was led to start doing energy work. And it felt incredibly wonderful and the person just seemed to glow. So that's how it started. Wow. And when you got to put the hands on the person for the first time, how did it feel for you? It was a tingling in my hands, and my hands got very warm and then very hot. And all my life, I've been able to see energy blockages and chakras in people and in trees and when I'm 65 years old Erin and back when I was a kid we didn't talk about such things and I just thought I was a strange being (laughs) and today I know that I'm not I know that I'm I have gifts from my creator wow and uh and when you discovered Reiki was it like being open and free to express what you could express? It was. That's a a good description. Uh, When I went to Sedona and had my first Reiki training, it just felt so wonderful. My major focus in life, Erin, is to be of service wherever I go. And it opened that element for me very strongly and so in Sedona I took Reiki 1 and Reiki 2 and was attuned to what's called the master level of Reiki in Florida and recently I went to England and learned a new advanced form of Reiki called Holy Fire Reiki in Glastonbury and Stonehenge. And the Reiki that you, level one and level two, was that Yusui's Reiki or a different style of Reiki? It was. It was Yusui Reiki. And um, 
I immediately, after receiving that, started practicing it. And uh, today, I am a Reiki practitioner with people, with animals, um, wherever I'm called to be. And I have a, uh, a business called Heart Vibrations Healing. And what is so great about Reiki and other energy modalities is that they can be done distance-wise. You don't have to be in person with a practitioner. Yeah, and what's the difference between the fire Reiki you learned in England and Yushui Reiki? Is there any difference? There is a difference. Um, holy fire Reiki is, it seems very simple to do and it works very fast. And I was amazed when um, I did my training and my teacher was William Rand and he is he started International Reiki Center years ago. And I w it was the first time I have taken a class with William Rand and it was wonderful. And what with Holy Fire Reiki, instead of getting attunements, it's a, it's a different way and it's faster. And what the teacher does who trains you is they will guide you in a very brief meditative guided visualization and then they let Holy Fire Reiki do the rest. And it was amazing. Um, with the Holy Fire, is it the same uh, feeling that you feel from Yushui Reiki? It feels more powerful, Aaron, and stronger. And there is a symbol that goes with Holy Fire Reiki. There's only one symbol. With Yusui Reiki, there are other symbols. And you receive this symbol at the master's level of Holy Fire Reiki. Um, amazing. And uh, you, you said you have a company called Heart, Heart Vibrations. Can you explain to us how that came about? Yes, Heart Vibrations Healing um, came about probably around 1985. All my life, I've known that I was intuitive. All my life, I've, I've seen spirits. I've um, known things about people that I had no business knowing because I was so intuitive. And I tried not to jump into this because I don't know why. Um, I've been a speech-language therapist since the late 70s, and that was my career. And this gift that I had would not leave me alone. And I tried to run away from it. I tried to not look at it, and it would not leave me alone. So in 1985, I accepted this was my role in life. And it was a way to be of service. And that's when I developed my company. And I started offering Reiki, intuitive readings. I also do sound healing. And my sound healing uses a drum. I have a Native American drum. And I have rattles. 
And I also use tuning forks where I take two tuning forks and vibrate them together. And because I see blockages in people and animals, I know where to put the tip of the tuning forks to help and guide and facilitate a healing to move and change that blockage and it changes into light. When you say you can see energy, what does it look like to you? It looks like... Well, first I saw auras, Erin, and auras are different colored bands. That's the only way I can describe it. And I suppose you would call it bands of energy around people, animals, and trees was where I saw it first. But when I see blockages in people, I will see a grayish or blackish area in a person, maybe in an organ such as a heart or the stomach. And when I see the energy change, it's like a bright light color comes in. And that's what I see. Um, you mentioned about you wanted to run away from your gift. What was your gift? Well, first, my gifts were being strongly intuitive and knowing things and hearing messages for other people. And I do not see myself or other people who are doing healing work as the one who does the healing. For me, it comes from my creator whom I call Great Spirit. I practice Native American spirituality, and I have for a very long time, only because that works for me, and it's where my focus is. And so when these messages started coming to me, at first it was scary, and I just didn't want to go there because I didn't. I saw a lot of people that I thought were wannabe healers, and I didn't want to be one of those people. And so I tried to not listen to these messages. I tried not to look at it. And I didn't have any type of teacher or training for a very long time. And these messages about things in the world and just about people and what would help people. Like I could give you an example of maybe you needed to start a radio show or start a podcast and I would give you that message. And I think it scared me at first and that's why I didn't want to own it and claim it as my gift. And slowly I was able to do that and I'm so glad that I did because today I know I can be of service to people. What frightened you not to do this work? What frightened me? I just thought it was it was very strange. It was a strange feeling and I didn't think I I knew of people who had such gifts and I had read things. I remember um a long time ago reading Shirley MacLaine's books of her journey through spirituality and different things she experienced and I just didn't think 
that that was me. I didn't think that was my role in life. And I thought I was making it up. And for a long time, I would say I wasn't really intuitive. But today I know, Erin, that everyone is intuitive. When you say intuitive, what does it feel like? Describe it to us. Intuitive feels like you have an inner knowing and a gut feeling. And I feel it, and I think other people probably do too, within my body. If I say I use my imagination and I say I'm supposed to go move to Scotland or England, maybe I'm making that up and maybe that's a wish. But when it's an intuitive message, it's almost like my cells and my heart are all singing together. Does that make sense? Just an analogy and explanation of this. Okay. Um, and why, while you were um, discovering your talents and what you could do, was heart vibrations kind of going with you to advance as well? Yes. And what I started off doing, I started off doing intuitive readings with cards. And, for, I, and I still have different oracle card decks. But I don't need them to do a reading. But a lot of times people like to see that. <laughs> and and sometimes it is a supplemental part of doing an intuitive reading. So for a long time, and I can't even remember how long, Erin, I would do readings for friends. And I would have people say, you should do this for a living. And I would say, and get paid for it? <laughs> but this is my gift. And I didn't understand that at the time that having a gift and being paid for it was a wonderful thing. And it took me a while to work through that. And I don't know why I was opposed to receiving payment of whether barter or money for that. But it, it just took me a while to work through it. And today, I don't charge specific amounts for my services. I have a sliding scale because I believe all people should be able to receive healing services that want it. Yeah. I, I wonder, is it because yeah, being money and being paid or having money being paid for your your what you do is probably... Um, being appreciated, do you think that? Yes, I, I think that that's probably true. And um, money, today I understand, money is just an exchange of energy. And because I give people money that do a service for me, whether it be a doctor or a grocery store to provide my food, and I see that as an exchange of energy. And so today, if someone asks, what do you charge to do a service? I would say, well, this is what I usually charge. And if what I like to do is after I offer a service, 
and I give the person that service. And I have several different services I offer through heart vibration healing. Um, I tell them, what do you think that you got out of my service? And I let them pay me. And if they pay me less from what I think I deserve, I would accept that. Wow. And what services, um, what other services does Heart Speak provide? Okay, so I do intuitive readings. I do um, what I call sound vibrational healing. And that's with tuning forks or with toning. And toning means making different sounds that change the energy and uh, facilitate healing in people. I do drumming, I do rattling. That's all part of sound healing, sound vibrational healing. I also do land and house clearing. Um, recently I, I did, I went um, two and a half hours from where I live, a woman had contacted me that lived, she had just moved into a house in May and she felt that there was a negative energy there and she asked if I would be willing to drive there to do a clearing and I did and it was amazing. It was very, very dark energy when I got there and I could feel it and she could feel it and her 18-year-old daughter who lived there felt it and I did a lot of things that day uh, would you like me to describe that? Yes, please. Okay. So when I she met me at the car, and she lived in a small A-frame chalet in a mountain area on a dirt road. And when I got out of the car, I could feel this strong, strong darkness. And on the way there, so I had a two-and-a-half-hour drive on the way there, I got an intuitive feeling and thought that it had to do with something about the Civil War. And when I got there, I asked her if, because it was, there were woods all around her house, I asked her if there was any connection that she knew of in the history of the land with the Civil War. And she said she didn't know about her house and that land but there was a Civil War documented site five miles away. And that's what I thought was going on. So what I did first, and the woman had five cats, and animals are very in tune to energies, whether they're bright light energies or dark energies. And she had told me on the telephone that one of her cats used to be only an inside cat and would hardly come inside this house since they moved into the house. So all five cats were there, the woman and her daughter. And what I did first was I took some small, what I call double terminated quartz crystals. And that means that there's a point on each end. That's why they're called double terminated. And I went around the outside of the house and tapped them into the ground, the whole perimeter of the house. And while I was doing this, 
the woman and her daughter and all five cats followed me <laughs> around the house. And then we went inside the house and I used crystals because crystals are living beings that come from the earth, just like rocks and trees and other plants. And I had taken with me it's called a hematite. It's kind of a charcoal gray crystal and gave one each to the woman and her daughter to put in their pockets for that day and for future days because hematite dispels negative energy. It has that property about it. And I also had six black tourmaline crystals, which are very dark black stones and I put them at different places in the house and then I took a rattle that I had brought with me that is I call my healing rattle and I rattled all around every window every door and every mirror because I intuitively know that's where energy can come in whether it's positive or negative energy and then I had brought with me a pot with a lid, and in that pot, I put some Epsom salts, and then I poured rubbing alcohol on that Epsom salts, and I lit it. And when you light it, it causes it to catch on fire. And that's why I had a lid in case the fire went out of control. I wanted to put that lid on that pot, but it didn't. And so I again went around every window, every door, and every mirror. And I said what, and I'm going to tell you what I said. I said, any entity not here for the highest good be gone to the light and the fire and the flame. And then I had the mother and daughter repeat that, and they did. And I watched as the energy changed because I'm attuned to seeing it. But the mom and her daughter also saw the energy change, and they were telling me what they were feeling. And I said, this is great. And then I used holy fire Reiki. So... What I did was I made the holy fire Reiki symbol in the air with my finger, and then I called in holy fire Reiki. I also had called in angels and my guide, who is Jesus, and not in a religious sense, but in a spiritual sense. I feel him strongly. And then I thought it was pretty clear because I didn't see any more darkness. I saw, and it was like a burst of light. Almost like if you looked at it, you would think like light was coming in windows, but it was from the clearing and especially from Holy Fire Reiki. And so I said to the woman, the test will be the cat. So we brought, we opened the door, the cats came in, and the little black cat, this was the one that was afraid, was sitting outside. And I picked it up and I started petting it. And the woman says, this is amazing. That cat 
never let strangers pet it. Hardly, yes. And I petted it for a, a few minutes. And then I asked the daughter to pick that cat up and take it inside. And I didn't want to scare it. That's why I didn't pick it up to take it inside. And she did. And I closed the front door. And that cat laid on the floor and stayed there. And that was proof to me and the woman and her daughter. It was great. Uh, why Why did you like Epsom salt? Um, Epsom salt is... I know that that's a purifying salt. Um, a lot of times if you have an injury or maybe um, you've hurt your back or pulled a muscle, you can take a bath with Epsom salt and it's very healing. It has a healing property naturally. And I just know that that's, that's healing and I know that pouring alcohol on it will light it and make a fire. And fire is a powerful healing element. And that's why I use Epsom salts. So it doesn't have any other healing significance except that? That's, that's all I know. There may be other reasons, but that's what I know intuitively. And when someone comes in with that kind of energy as, as their individual, do you feel the same? Do you do the same method or do you do a different method? I would probably use something similar to that. And I, before I do any type of healing work, I always do a prayer. And I, when I do that, I get intuitive messages of what to do. And I, I sort of pre-plan what I'm going to do. But if I get into the healing element and the environment and I think, well, this isn't going to work, then I don't go there. Okay. And do you work with crystals or are you just doing the crystals you know about with healing people and houses? I do. I have lots of crystals. And I, I do work with crystals. Um, where I live, I have crystals all over my apartment. And um, I, I call myself a crystalline healer, and I have a connection with crystals, and I have for years. And I know there's a lot of uh, crystal books that people have written, but I have, a, I have a theory, and I don't know if my theory is right here, but this is just what I believe. I believe that we each have a certain vibration within us. And I believe every crystal has a certain vibration. And when we walk into, say we walk into a store that sells crystals, and we go buy a certain crystal and we pick it up, and we kind of like that. And we think we like the color, or we think we like the shape, and then we might go around that store and pick up different crystals. But we keep coming back to that one we picked up that felt good. And I believe that it's because our vibration needs the vibration of that crystal. And so that's the crystal that we need to help us 
to facilitate healing. And so sometimes I'll read a book that someone's written about crystals. For example, a, a quartz, a pink quartz crystal. People talk about that as for love and compassion. And is that true for every person? I'm not so sure it is. Maybe it is. But I believe that our vibration will attract the vibration that we need. So that's how I use crystals. Wow, it's you're using a mirror of the crystal, the mirror of the vibration um, to reflect off each other. Is that the same when you use sound as well? Yes, yes. How, how must that feel when you're using sound in a person where it's reflecting on top of you as well as the client? Well, Erin, this really interesting thing happened. Um, these, the first time this happened, it scared me because this it's almost like another language comes out of me when I make these sounds. So I'll make, and it's more like a chant. Uh, people do call that toning, but it sounds like a chant to me. And the only language I speak is English, and it's the only language I've ever spoken. But when this sound comes out of me, and I'm facilitating a healing, I feel this inner power come over me. And it's not because I become powerful, it's that the healing that's happening becomes powerful and it's an incredible feeling it's better than any drink or anything else could ever do for me it's just so wonderful and i've never done that when i haven't heard the person i'm working with go wow i i say it's an uh magnificent feeling to feel yes it is and that's why i call it a gift because it's truly a gift yeah and when you make this noise do you know is this like your key to say i'm i'm connected with my source or my divine energy to help the, the client achieve what they came in to, to achieve absolutely absolutely because as i said before it's not me doing the healing it is my divine creator through me. And I feel like it's such an honor to offer a healing facilitation to another person or animal or land or tree. It is truly an honor to be of service. Why is it an, uh, an honor to, to serve? Because I... I see myself often, I do a lot, I do meditation every day, and often I see myself as if we were all looking at a big yard of green grass, and all these blades of grass came together to make this yard. I see myself as just one of those little blades of grass. I'm just a tiny part of this huge part of the world. And for me, this little blade of grass to have these gifts 
that I get to offer in a positive way is an incredible opportunity. And it brings, as I'm speaking, Erin, tears come to my eyes because it, it brings me such hope and such light within me to be able to offer this facilitation to anyone and to know that I'm not doing it. I know a lot of people can use such gifts in a negative way and the power of it to go to their heads. And that's one reason I meditate and I use prayer because I have to keep myself very humble and remind myself I'm not doing this, that I am the catalyst for the divine to come through me. Yeah, you kind of feel like you're a janitor mopping up the floors of, of someone's dirt in the, in the yeah. office. Yes, yes. And you, you want to say? I, I was going to tell you, Erin, about a book that I've been writing for the last year. Would you like to hear about it? I'd love to hear it. For um, most of my life, since I was very young, I've had visions. And for a long time, I didn't know what those were about. I just thought I had a vivid imagination. And, and I probably do. <laughs> but about a year ago, I started having these visions. And it was between the time, my dream time when I was sleeping and the time when I was fully awake. And I didn't understand what these visions were. I thought they were dreams. And they were about another land, another world. And what, and they would not leave me alone until I started writing them down. And I've written dreams for years, dreams that I have, and, and looked at them to, to see what I think they mean and what they're here to tell me. So these, these visions kept getting stronger and more detailed. And what I came to understand was these visions were about ancient Avalon. And I didn't know very much about Avalon except many years ago I read the book Mist of Avalon. And it was about a land of the high priestess who did pagan magic and about King Arthur and about Merlin and about an ancient land called Avalon that was an island and magic things happened there. You were talking about the magic land of Avalon. High priestesses and the fairies and the divas and the other people that live on ancient Avalon. They practice magic um, with all kinds of things, with herbs and with knowledge that they had, which was ancient knowledge. And they work together with the Christian monks. And the church told this lie that we have bought into for centuries that they did not breathe 
but that did work together for the highest good of humankind. And that's the other theme and plot that comes out in this book. So as more is revealed, I write it, and incredible things are happening in this book. And the other interesting thing is different aspects of my own personal life, different experiences that I've had in my life come through. And it, it's so interesting. And so I just keep writing, Erin, and I will know when the book is completed. I don't even know the title of the book yet. But I'm just amazed, and it's part of my spiritual journey, this unfolding of this book. And the other thing I wanted to tell you about heart vibrations healing, I do what I call shamanic practices. And sometimes I will do soul retrievals where I, I do what's called journeys. And I go into a meditative state and I can go to what I call another world and find pieces such as a person's heart that went into hiding a very long time ago and helped find it and bring it back to them. That's called a journey, a shamanic journey. And, and sometimes I would do that at people's request. Wow, and um, what does the journey provide to you? It provides me, I, when I do a journey, I find a guide that gives me information and guidance that I can give back to the person I'm doing the journey. And I go into that I call, as I said, this other world, and I may meet someone and I'll say, oh, you've died of it. And the person will tell me yes or no. Sometimes it may be a power animal. And it could be any animal. It could be a mouse. It could be a worm. It could be a hawk. It could be a jaguar. And they give me information that I can take back such as if a person was having, say, a challenge with their career and they screamed in that direction that they needed to go, going and doing a journey so this person could bring back information that would help them. And it may not be like, go to work at so-and-so place, but it would be words that would guide them to help in their direction. Okay. And Jean, with um, everything you've learned and and living 65 years on the planet, did you feel like you have achieved a lot through this time? I have. And where I'm at right now, Erin, is I know that there is a lot of people very afraid right now. And because there's so much chaos and confusion in our world, in every country in our world. And I have hope 
one of my personal missions, and this is from every experience I've ever had in my life, that has come into this moment right now, that one of my missions is to help people rise above their fears and for us to hold a vision of hope and peace together that we can recreate the world that we want to see and we want to experience. And through gifts of healing that we can help each other in so many ways if we come together in community instead of living separately. And I am just so grateful that I can be part of this. And I'm just so thrilled to be able to talk to you today. Wow. Um, and, and Jean, if you could go back and tell your, your younger self of what you've learned and what to do in life, what would it be? I would say, Jenny, don't ever give up until the miracles happen to you, because they will. And always, Jenny, share the truth honestly with every person who crosses your pathway, because they need to hear your message even as crazy as you think it sounds, they need to hear it. And the coolest thing, Erin, I travel as much as I can. I'm not wealthy by any means, but I believe in prosperity and it just seems to come in my life. And I think the manifest funds to travel when I need to. And I'm single. And I don't have children, and so I have a, a freedom to be able to go places where other people might not have that much freedom. And I just engage people in conversation, and I have the most incredible connections with people, and they share with me, and I share with them. And that's what I would have told the me who was maybe 10 years old, you will not believe the magic that's going to transform in your life. So hang on, kid, because it's coming. Um, of what we haven't explained, what was the magic that happened in your life? The magic is, I still to find magic in everything I did, even things that seem challenging. And I'll tell you my most recent one, Erin. Um, in the last 30 days, both my elderly parents have died within 28 days apart. And a lot of people would think that's a really horrible thing and very painful. And there is grief that goes along with it. But the magic is seeing the love of my two parents that were married for 71 years. And when you see love in all things, it's almost like the divine is lifting us all up. And I call that magic because it feeds our hearts and our 
soul. And who could ask for anything better than that? Yeah. Um, I want to say, uh, no. Uh, Jean, where can we find you? How to get in touch with me? Yes. Okay, I will tell you what my, my email address is. And it's info, I-N-F-O, at, and this is all one word, heartvibrationshealing.com. H-E-A-R-T-V-I-B-R-A-T-I-O-N-S dot com. And I will even give my cell number that people can call me or text me. And it's in Virginia, in the United States, 828-243-4690. And I'm available just for anybody to make comments or ask questions. No charge at all. Uh, fantastic. Uh, Jean, thank you so much for coming onto the show and sharing what you got to share. And Erin, it's Jenny. Ah, Jenny. Jenny. But that's okay. Thank you so much, Erin. You have a blessed day, my friend. Thank you for spending the time to listen to the show. If you want to learn more, check out Sanseat.com. That's S-A-N-C-I-T dot com. Join Sanseat Group on Facebook and contact us if you have any questions. Until next time, have an awesome day and rock on.